from India's largest newsroom I'm Arun George and this is the Times of India podcast There a huge setback to the Congress party Gulam Nabi Azad the veteran leader of the Congress has quit the Congress party So this this is the man whose remote control is with Mr Narendra Modi we all saw how Mr Modi shed tears for the first and perhaps the last time in his life for Gulam Nabi Azad so we know what what this relationship is It wasn't just the fact that Gulam Nabi Azad quit the Congress it's how he did it After 50 years in the party he announced his resignation with a scathing letter addressed to Sonia Gandhi that squarely took aim at her son Rahul Gandhi However unfortunately after the entry of Sri Rahul Gandhi into politics and particularly after January 2013 when he was appointed as vice president by you referring to Sonia Gandhi the entire consultative mechanism which existed earlier was demolished by him he talked about a remote control model in which Sonia Gandhi was just a nominal figurehead In today's episode, we're talking with two political analysts who are closely tracking developments to understand the impact of this acrimonious departure. We also look at what it says about the Congress as the party prepares to elect a new chief to lift it from historic electoral lows. Subodh Gildial, who covers the Congress for the Times of India, explains that Gulam Nabi Azad wasn't a popular leader, something even the leader's critics have pointed out. However, Subodh says it doesn't mean that Gulam Nabi Azad wasn't an important leader within the party. Gulam Nabi Azad's importance in Congress was more as a manager, not as a mass leader, as a strategist, and also as a man who had the seniority and the consequent authority to to speak with a certain uh, authority uh, with the junior leaders or state leaders. that was the reason why gulam nabi was deployed as aicc general secretary in so many states wherever he would go he would be able to stamp his authority in a way that that every faction in congress state units or even at the center would have to listen to him because he carried not just the seniority but also uh the gravitas of somebody who has been in virtually every post in the central government state government as well as congress organization and plus the impression of being close to the leadership gulam nabi azad second big importance was his cross party connections because of his years in politics and his uh, very nature of being a sort of networking individual who had dealt with generations of uh, regional party leaders there was a time when congress was all powerful it was virtually a one party rule in india that was the time when he was the one dealing with regional leaders in many states and that is why azad after the demise of uh, ahmed patel was the second leader who carried serious importance and position of consequence for the congress party gulam nabi azad was a leading voice of the group of 23 leaders in the party 
who wrote a letter in 2020 to the party president demanding reforms. Some of the leaders have since left the party. Those who are still in the party, like Manish Tiwari and Anand Sharma, have expectedly criticized the way in which the party has handled Gulam Nabi Azad's departure. वार्ड का चुनाव लड़ने की क्षमता नहीं रखते जीत की बात तो छोड़ दीजिए अब वो कांग्रेस का इतिहास बताते हैं जाहिर है वो बहुत आहत हुए होंगे उनको चोट भी पहुंची ये स्थिति आने से बचाई जा सकती थी सुबोध सेज दैट डिस्पाइट द सरप्राइज अनाउंसमेंट द स्ट्रेन टाइज बिटवीन गुलाम नबी आजाद एंड द कांग्रेस व एविडेंट फॉर सम टाइम नाउ He also explains the impact this decision has on the leaders of the erstwhile G23 group that had demanded reforms in the party. See, the departure per se is uh, nothing very shocking because uh, this thing has been brewing for a while. The doubts in Azad's mind came when Malikarjun Kharge was brought into Rajya Sabha. That time Gulam Nabi Azad was the leader of opposition in in Rajya Sabha. and virtually an all powerful leader in congress after the gandhi family that was the time when doubts came in mr azad's mind that some leadership was up to something that they had brought a man of equal seniority or even more to the house that he was leading when the party let him retire from rajya sabha and did not extend his membership that was the time when azad realized that uh he was being edged out we all know what happened when they when these 23 leaders banded together and sent a letter in august of 2020 saying that you know there there is need for institutional reforms in the congress party since then the drift had started and the recent batch of rajya sabha nominations had raised hopes in the g23 group that mr azad or anand sharma could be accommodated in rajya sabha but that did not happen the word is that sonia gandhi was amenable to that because she realized that you know party could not be in a constant state of flux with senior leaders going but apparently it was rahul gandhi who put his foot down and said no nothing meanwhile in the month of november and december 2021 azad had gone on a spree of meetings public rallies in uh, jammu region where he held these uh, rallies and it was show, uh, seen as as his attempt to show his base and his uh, clout in his state it was uh, in during one of these rallies there was a question asked that uh, are you leaving congress he said i am in congress at the moment but one can never say about the future so that was the time when when things came out in the open so the so the split has been very dramatic but it was expected and it has been brewing for a while now and in terms of this g23 group which has since reduced considerably because of the number of departures does this effectively take away the voice of that group or what happens to that see that group was an interesting group where so many people had come together because of their personal gripe some of them had a personal gripe but they were also very keen on seeing the congress change its style and so it was a sort of you know the eclectic group uh, in terms of the motives that group 
would have meant something had Congress agreed to their suggestions, seen merit in what the group had demanded. But the leadership, as things have happened, uh, we have seen over the last two years, they didn't see much merit in the demands. As far as individual leaders were concerned, their demands were conceded, like Bhupinder Singh Hudda, who is extremely close to Azad and also Anand Sharma. His demands were exceeded and uh, the state unit president was appointed according to him. Haryana unit has virtually been handed over to the Hudas. You had uh, a Raj Sabha MP who is a very important lawyer for the party and uh, he has always been with the Congress from Madhya Pradesh, Vivek Tankha. He was re-nominated to Rajya Sabha this time. You had Mukul Vasnik, a long-time loyalist who is not a mass leader or anything, but he has been sort of important in as uh, the factotum in the Congress organization. He has been brought to Rajya Sabha this time. So that group is practically stands disbanded. Manish Tiwari and Anand Sharma are two important persons from that group who still remain. But the indications are that, you know, they, they are also looking for a, way, uh, for a way out or for an alternative. So given the situation, uh, the group practically means nothing. Radhika Ramaseshan, who has covered Indian politics for three decades now and is a columnist for TUI+, says that Gulam Nabi Azad possibly realized the ground beneath the Congress's feet was too unsteady. She tells my colleague Jairaj Singh and me how to interpret the contents of his very critical resignation letter. She also explains why he still got a chance to revive his political career in Jammu and Kashmir. In your piece for TY Plus, you also said that this, this attack mirrors the state of uh, the plight of old guard versus Rahul Gandhi and Priyanka Gandhi. Can you expand on that a little? This was the first scathing attack on Rahul Gandhi from within the party. And I'm sure Azad has found a lot of silent backers in uh, the con uh, Congress. Rahul Gandhi, from the beginning, he is very fond of NGOs. The NAC, which existed during UPA 1 and 2, uh, was a product of Rahul Gandhi's obsession with NGOs and regarding them as a very important strand of um, politics. Uh, these congressmen, not necessarily Azad, but others have told me that what is the point in grouping in NGOs and making them an integral part of our politics? They are not going to fetch us votes. The kind of issues that they take up, the kind of stand that they take up on issues, it is often embarrassing for us to defend their uh, positions. I think specifically they um, uh, spoke about issues like uh, food security or uh, the extreme position some members of the NAC had taken when the UPA government was in uh, power. So they felt that he was morphing the Congress into another NGO. And that, I think, really rankled with them. Because let's not forget uh, people like Azad, Prithvira Chauhan, um, Ashok Chavan, um, I mean, you know, Digvijay Singh, they've all cut their teeth on hardcore, ruthless politics. I mean, they've been chief ministers, they've won elections, assembly or uh, parliament elections. So they know the insides of uh, re real politics. And they got a feeling that Rahul, much less Priyanka, 
did not really have a grasp on real politics. They seemed to exist in a bubble, in a virtual world, which they thought would see the Congress through in elections. Instead of keeping the Congress in the mainstream, they are taking it to the periphery. That is what they feel. I just wanted to ask, how seriously can we take this scathing criticism of, of the Gandhis by Gulam Nabi Azad? Very seriously. I mean, it is not about Azad as an individual or what happens to him from here on. It is the points that he has made about uh, um, the functioning of the Congress under Rahul, about Sonia Gandhi's uh, reluctance to intervene and let things go adrift. So it's like a wake-up call to the Congress. It's a wake-up call to Sonia Gandhi. I mean, what is Congress? Congress is Sonia Gandhi. He's telling her that this is exactly what your son has been doing. This is exactly where he's been taking the party. And if you don't uh, reckon with whatever is happening, we are going to lurch into another disaster. As it is, the Congress has lost two Lok Sabha elections. And there's no prospect of, uh, you know, resting 2024. Far from it. So, uh, uh, and the Congress shouldn't even think of uh, leading uh, an opposition coalition. That message comes across fairly strong and potent in the uh, letters. I think that one sentence really stood out, his PAs and his security guards. Now, you know, I must point out that this is a kind of feature in the Congress's functioning. Uh, when Mrs. Gandhi was all in all in the Congress, it was Vincent George, her PA, and it was uh, two others, gentlemen, Madhavan and Nair, who were very important. And to the extent that uh, senior congressmen who sought to meet her in uh, Tenjanpat were to often told that either they didn't get time or even if they got time, they were kept waiting in the anteroom before they were ushered in. So some of them even despaired and said the only time we meet her is when a CWC is called or another internal meeting of the party. So this is seems to be in keeping with their, her style of functioning, you know, allowing uh, a very small coterie of um, uh, her officials to rule the roost. So I suspect Rahul is probably doing the same thing. Because, I mean, this was about five or six years ago, a very senior congressman who will go unnamed, he told me that, you know, Rahul is never going to come out of his bubble because he's got this, these three or four people who make him feel all important, who think that whatever he's doing is supremely right, and who are there at his beck and call. So there's very little hope for the Congress, and this was set about four or five years ago when they just lost power. And with him saying that he'll start his own party, do you see uh, someone like the BJP swooping into sort of form an alliance like they did with Amrinder Singh? To me, I always felt that uh, Gulam Nabi Azad is a bit of an APJ Abdul Kalam-like figure for the BJP. He comes from the Doda region in uh, Jammu. Uh, he has not made a single statement that would uh, seem to suggest that he supports secessionism, separatism, or anything. 
whatever he has spoken about the state is very mainstream. I don't think he's even taken a stand on uh, human rights violations in uh, uh, JNK. So uh, BJP leaders in private, when he was the chief minister, they uh, appreciated some of the measures that he had taken. They said, you know, this is the kind of chief minister JNK needs. I mean, they praised his uh, decision to set up that uh, tulip gardens, for instance, which I thought was just something ornamental. JNK, come on, needs much more uh, than a tulip garden. But that seemed to please the BJP. So I think he, the, to, he would be a perfect choice for the BJP that the buzz is that he might float a, a, a separate party and then make an alliance with the BJP's. Gulam Nabi Azad will be a pretty important uh, player in the JNK. He would eminently suit the BJP. Gulam Nabi Azad's departure came days ahead of a Congress Working Committee meet, which is the highest decision-making group within the party. Sonia Gandhi and Rahul Gandhi attended the meeting from abroad, where the Congress president is said to be undergoing medical checkups. The party has said that by the 19th of October, it will have a new president, and the possibility exists that it could be a non-Gandhi. We asked Subodh about the significance of these elections, and what to expect given the names doing the rounds as potential candidates. In terms of the CWC meet today, um, what does this organizational election schedule and the holding of this organizational election mean for the party? See, the organizational elections were scheduled to have taken place now because Rahul was elected for a five-year term in 2017, December. So it was supposed to be in December or end of year of 2022 after five years, as it is happening now. But we all know what happened in 2019, May, after the election disaster for Congress. Uh, Rahul resigned from the uh, president's post. Since then, people have been trying to convince him to take over the post. And the party has been floating that they are looking for an alternative now, finally, the organizational elections have been dragged too much because uh, they were supposed to be held as per the demand of G23 and also the party's plan as it was uh, spelled out way back in 2020 that elections were to be held very soon. They were not held. The party made excuses like COVID, etc., etc. But the impression was that the party was not holding elections because they were all along trying to convince Rahul Gandhi to take back the presidency. Now, when the elections happen, and the general impression given by the party is that Rahul is still not ready. So the election schedule would mean that either Rahul Gandhi agrees or he drops his veto on a member of his family becoming like his sister or the party goes for a non-Gandhi alternative to hold the reins of the Congress. Meanwhile, the sort of complication means perceptionally is that Azad in his resignation letter has alleged that there is an attempt to foist a proxy by the coterie around Rahul Gandhi so that they can run the party by remote control. So now, does that nudge the party towards moving away from what has been alleged by Azad as a proxy system? That remains to be seen. 
one of the names has already been doing the round which is of Ashok Gehlot who has himself come ahead and denied any chance of yeah, him contesting yeah. this election at the same yeah. time you have Malikarjuna Kharge saying that Rahul Gandhi will be sort of convinced to return uh, yeah. uh, like who, do we even know who these leaders in the fray are or is it going to be a last minute push towards either Rahul Gandhi like you said or somebody else who we have not heard of before in a sense See, uh, anybody who comes on that post, we would have heard about him and he must already have been speculated about over the last two years. There is no such rabbit that Congress can pull out of its hat because of, you know, the very small field that uh, it has now for the leadership position. If the Gandhis don't take back the leadership, as Mr. Kharge is saying that we will force Rahul Gandhi to assume presidency, in case that does not happen, then Ashok Gehlot has always been the family's choice because one, he's a leader in his own right, a mass leader in his own right from North India, belongs to the OBC community. And uh, he carries a certain gravitas that few remaining in Congress now have. He also has age on his side. And the man has been totally dedicated to Congress. He has never made any moves that would be suspected by the party. When he became AICC General Secretary organization, his performance was said to be very good because he managed to bring people together. And uh, the way he conducted the Gujarat elections in 2017, uh, Congress almost knocked out BJP in the home turf of their market. And it's a fact that uh, the Congress leadership has wanted Mr. Gelot to become... Problem with Mr. Gehlot is that he doesn't want to move to Delhi unless it becomes impossible for him to resist the leadership. Because for a party, the way it is structured, being in a state as a state leader is always more attractive. Moving to center, having to deal with so many factions, and then uh, always being at the mercy of the leadership that complicates the functioning as an independent leader. Uh, whosoever becomes the president would have to koto to Rahul Gandhi and his confidants. That would further complicate an already very difficult responsibility. So there won't be too many takers for that unless it's a massive jump for somebody in terms of profile and importance. How does all this affect the Congress in a year when it is facing crucial elections in states like Gujarat and other states where it would ideally even like to say win? See, that is a question that Congress sympathizers and I'm sure even the leadership would be grappling with. All the signs are of a Congress decline even further from where it stood in 2019. The party has seen big-time desertions and uh, perceptionally the party has not gained despite the very evident failures of the BJP government. Now, if you are not able to gain perceptionally despite the rival having given you openings, then there is something seriously wrong with that uh, party which is seen as the principal challenger. And the party has ceded serious space to regional parties while it has failed to build itself at the center. 
so getting a leader who may not be presidency material as we call him would be very difficult for congress to assert its position so that is why they would want somebody with a profile to be in that chair in case rahul gandhi does not agree otherwise the prognosis for congress is very dark very difficult times ahead radhika ramaseshan said she is no fan of rahul gandhi and explains where she thinks he is lacking as a leader she says that for the opposition to have a chance in the next general election the congress might have to accept that the best it can do is take a back seat radhika also explains that there are some lessons for the party in the bjp's electoral rise after its defeat in the 2009 general elections with everything that happens in the congress somehow it's always projected as this part of rahul gandhi's grand plan which somehow everything is a part of how do you view him after like his political debut almost two decades ago now very dimly i think his problem is communication or lack of communication he is not able to articulate very well so i uh, f- felt that there were moments probably when he held out a little sliver of promise uh, the way he encouraged young people in and a lot of them were elected in the t- 2004 elections and uh, you know so the, the political commentators were excited about the presence of so many young people and they were all brought in by rahul gandhi which showed that he wanted to uh, nurture a team of his own but uh, arun can you think of how many of them are uh, are around most of the some of them have quit joined the bjp some of them are out in the wilderness so uh, you, uh, one can say that you know to be a little charitable to him uh, initiatives well taken well meaning but he doesn't have the tenacity to see through projects and i think that is a big big drawback in uh, for in politics you've also seen the congress sort of go from a, a absolute peak to now where it is and now it's heading into a general election in less than 2 years and multiple state polls where do you see this party being headed it has to sort of step back allow the regional parties to uh, form cement into some kind of a, an opposition entity against the bjp which i don't see happening because these parties are themselves uh, against one another i mean kejriwal is on his own trip mamta there is ksr and so on uh, and now you have uh, nitish kumar and tejasvi so it is incumbent therefore on the congress to step back and allow one of these regional uh, leaders to uh, take the uh, lead to go on the front foot against the bjp because unlike uh, the gandhis they are much more outspoken some of them against the bjp the trouble with the gandhis is they are also very defensive because they are embroiled in a case or two so therefore i think the congress have must 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 step back think stop thinking of itself as a grand old party which is still going to lead the opposition into a victory no it is incapable of doing that and therefore it should allow one of the opposition parties to do it for whatever it's worth 
but um, do you think there's any lesson the Congress can take from either the regional parties or even the BJP in its sort of rise post the 2009 general election? Let's not forget the BJP was in the doldrums from 2004 to 2009. They lost the 2004 election very narrowly, of course, and they lost the 2009 election more decisively. And there was this massive leadership struggle. And after that came a spell when the BJP uh, was reluctant to accept Mr. Modi as the leader. The Carter wanted Mr. Modi. And Mr. Modi himself was all set to project himself as the prime minister. The allies were not very happy because of you know, the whole baggage of 2002. Nonetheless, they listened to the workers, the karyakartas. The karyakartas are most important in a party like the BJP. They are the link between the party and the government wherever it is in power. So they listened to the voices from the ground and decided to anoint Mr. Modi as their candidate. The BJP was bold enough. It took a step, you know, regardless of what a veteran like Adwani had to say, or regardless of whether the allies accepted him or not. Now, the Congress, now you've seen it, Arun, for so many months, organizational polls, um, Gandhi, non-Gandhi. I mean, the debate is endless. Why don't you bite the bait and decide once and for all if it is Ashok Gelot, don't give him a choice. Just an, a direct, an order from 10 Janpat is enough uh, to bring a loyalist like him in line. You know, so therefore, I think this indecisiveness on the part of the Gandhis is a very important drawback in the Congress. It's almost a fatal flaw, I would say, in uh, the party's uh, character and the party's future. And they cannot live with it. Today's episode was produced by Jairaj Singh, Sunai Marathe and Anuja Singh. For a daily spotlight on people, ideas and stories that matter, subscribe to us. We're available on TY+, Spotify, Apple, Google Podcasts and all other platforms of your choice. For any news tips, email us at tuipodcast at timesinternet.in.